0: Hello, friends. We're on a break from our regular podcast for the summer, but that doesn't mean we won't be releasing videos and content. Over the next several weeks, we'll be releasing a three part series called Dialed In Discipleship. And I'll also be posting several short resources to help you live and share Jesus in the everyday places of life. Today's video is the first of that three part series on dialed in discipleship, and it's all about what it means to center your life on Jesus. We're going to talk tonight about discipleship. And over the next three weeks, I'd like to to give you a framework for how you can dial in your discipleship. But I want to start with the word itself, discipleship. Most people here have probably at least heard the word. But it's a funny thing with Christianity. Sometimes we've heard these words, and if someone asks us, well, what does that really mean? What is discipleship? We might struggle to to come up with just a simple, clear explanation of what it is. So let me start just by offering a simple definition of discipleship. So discipleship is living a life of devotion to Jesus. That's what it is. So if you're living a life of of discipleship, it means that you're going through life, your life is lived out of devotion to Jesus. Another way to think about it is that it's the lifestyle of a disciple, right? So many of you are in the military and there's a certain lifestyle that comes along with being in the military, maybe even if someone met you in town and they didn't know you weren't in uniform, they could probably pick up on that you were in the military. <laughs> um, just because of the way you carry yourself, the way you look, maybe the activities that you're involved in, you have a certain lifestyle that, that uh, characterizes you because of your devotion to the military. Um, And that should be the way it is for us as followers of Jesus. So discipleship is simply living a life of devotion to Jesus. And then many of you are familiar with this term dialed in. So I just wanted to to give you an idea of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about dialed in discipleship. To be dialed in means that you exhibit total concentration and mastery of the task at hand. So if you're dialed in, you are totally concentrated on, and you're demonstrating mastery of the task at hand. It can mean to be set up in a perfect or complete way. And we're going to come back to that word complete. But that's what we want. We want to live a life of devotion to Jesus that is on point, that is dialed in. Um, and there's a passage. We're going to look at a few verses tonight. Um, we're not going to go out of one passage and, and do... Um, expository teaching tonight, because this is more of a theme that you'll see throughout scriptures and especially in the New Testament. So I want to focus on the theme, and we'll look at just a few verses that, that capture that theme. So does anyone here, I know scripture memory is a, is a strong suit of the Navigators, so does anyone here have Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29 memorized and they'd be willing to share that nice and loud for all of us to hear. Colossians 1, 28, and 29. I'll start you off. It says, we proclaim him, or we proclaim Jesus. If we get stuck, I can read it, because I've got it in my notes. Um, No, I'm supposed to have it memorized, so I'll try. And uh, you guys can follow along in in the Bible, and if I get it wrong, then you'll have a... A good backstop there. It says, um, it's Paul speaking, and he's describing his life and what he was giving his life to. And he said, we proclaim Jesus, admonishing every person and teaching every person with all wisdom so that we may present every person mature or complete in Christ. And for this purpose also, I labor, striving with all the power that God has given me. So when Paul tried to describe what he was giving his life to, what was his life's work? And this is the the man who wrote most of the New Testament. What was it that he was focused on? Um, It was proclaiming Jesus. And he said that he did that in three ways. First of all, it said that he was admonishing, some of your Bibles might say warning, admonishing who? Every person or every man. So whoever came across Paul, whoever had the chance to meet him, was going to hear about Jesus. So he said, admonishing every person and teaching every person so that he could present every person complete or mature in Jesus. And so this is a picture of discipleship. That's, that's what Paul was giving his life to. He, he was giving his life to helping people become followers of Jesus and live this life of devotion. So when it says that he admonished or warned, these were the people who either weren't yet in the kingdom or perhaps had heard about Jesus but had not yet decided to follow him. And he was going to warn those people. And then for the ones who had decided to follow Jesus, he was going to teach them. That was the second thing. But his goal for each person that he interacted with was that he might one day present that person mature. In Christ. And he was giving all of his energy to that work of disciple making, of presenting people mature in Christ. I heard a a quote years back, and some of you have heard this because it's in a pretty famous audio that uh, Navigators listen to, called Born to Reproduce. But it was called a sentence sermon, is the way the guy described it. It's just a little one-sentence thing. And It went like this that emotion is no no substitute for action. And then action is no substitute for obedience. Now, what does that mean? Um, Emotion is no substitute for action. So, we're talking about a life of devotion. Emotions are no substitute for action. But, actions are no substitute for obedience. So here's how I would maybe try to illustrate that. Um, It's one thing to feel patriotic. That's an emotion. Um, But but that's no substitute for actually taking actions that support being patriotic. But that's no substitute for serving your country in the military, that there there are degrees there of devotion, right? So feeling a certain way, Um, does not equal taking action on that, does not equal actually living your life for that, for that thing. Um, So, I had something else I was going to share on that. (laughs) But it's not in my notes. So, um, maybe I'll come back to it. So... uh, um, Feelings are no substitute for actions and actions are no substitute for obedience um, and we don't want to be people who are just um, trying to express our devotion to Jesus through our emotions um, because that's that's never a good system um, and yet that's how most of us try to live out our devotion to Jesus it's how we feel so if we feel close to God, then we assume that God is pleased with us because we feel good about it, but that's not a substitute for a life of obedience. Or we might try to substitute some sort of activity that we're volunteering, that we're offering God, um, but that's no substitute for obedience. What God really wants from us is a life of obedience, He wants us to learn. The, the life that he has in mind for us, and then he wants us to get on board with that. Not coming up with our own actions, or not just stopping at emotion, our feelings about him. All right, so what is this simple framework that we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks? Um, it's three words that you can hang on to, and we're gonna look at each one over the next three weeks. So the first one is master, the second one is message, And the third is mission. And if you can begin to build your life around these three things, Jesus as the master, um, the message, the teachings of Jesus as the guiding instructions for your life, and the script that you're sharing with other people about who God is and what he wants from their their lives. Uh, And then if you can learn what is this mission that Jesus is doing in the world right now, that he wants you to sign up and be a part of. If you can get clarity around the master, his message, and his mission, and then begin to build your life around those three things, you will be a person who has dialed in discipleship. So that's what we're going to talk about. And tonight, we're going to focus on Jesus as the master. What does it mean to center our life on Jesus? Um, and let me start by saying this, that disciples are people who are under authority. And I think this is, a, this is a lost reality in modern Christianity, and maybe especially in America, because we have such a high value for independence and autonomy and our rights. We don't like this idea of being under authority. Um, but if you're a disciple of Jesus, then you're someone who is under authority. All right, we're going to try another scripture verse, another memory verse. Um, How about Galatians 2.20? Does someone have Galatians 2.20 memorized and can quote that nice and loud for us? Yes, thanks, Brian. We're going to come back to that verse uh, at the end. But again, same person that wrote Colossians, Paul is writing here in Galatians chapter 2. And he's he's again sharing his own discipleship, right? Because in Colossians 1, he was talking about what he was giving his life to. Here in Galatians 2, he's again, he's explaining to us, this is what dialed in discipleship looked like for him. He said, I have been crucified with Christ And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And now, the life I'm living in this body, this earthly life, I'm living by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, that is such a radical verse that you can memorize. It's one of the first verses that the Navigators have you memorize. And I can remember a few years after memorizing that verse, um, it just hit me how radical that verse is. Now, um, I, won't, I won't talk about that. Um, resurrection. Discipleship starts with the resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus is at. The core of our message. It's at the core of the gospel. Um, in fact, scripture says that if, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, if he's not alive right now, then we're wasting our time being here. There's no point being here. Let's go out, let's eat, let's drink and be merry. Literally, the Bible says that. <laughs> like You've heard that phrase, you know, eat, drink, and be merry. It's from the scriptures. And it's Paul saying that, if Jesus isn't alive right now, then there's no sense, like, doing without. You should be living it up. You should be out there, living for every moment, squeezing every drop out of this life, because it's all you have, it's all you're promised. But if Jesus is alive, if he has been raised from the dead, if he's alive right now, it changes everything. Because this life is not the end of the story. Uh, Your earthly life is not the end of your story. There's a whole other age that's coming. Um, And you can be a part of that. And the choices that you make now, the life that you live now, is going to echo into that coming life. And so you should make sacrifices. You should do without. You should deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow him because it's worth it. Because Jesus is alive. He's been resurrected from the dead. And dialed in discipleship, it starts with really locking into that in your own understanding and in your own belief that you truly embrace that, that Jesus is alive. Now, hopefully I can explain why that's so important. We'll see. But I'll say this. The gospel teaches us that Jesus is alive and we are dead. That's what Galatians 2.20 says. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You see why that's so radical? Um, This is hard, but most people who call themselves Christians live as if that was reversed. They live as if they were still alive and Christ was dead. Now, if you talk to us, we'll say, like, no, that's not what I believe. I believe Jesus is alive. But we're not living that way. We're not living like Paul describes here in Galatians chapter 2. Because Paul was saying, I no longer live. This life I'm living right now, it's actually Christ living through me. And that is, that's amazing. So the point here is that you have to surrender. If you're going to have dialed-in discipleship At the very center of who you are, you have to die so that Christ can live his life through you. The master has to be at the center of who you are and what you're giving your life to. Now, some of you guys have heard this story, but I have never been in the military, but I've kind of always been around the military as an adult, just the way... God's plan for my life worked out. Years ago, I was on a military installation, it was an army base, and I was going to visit a young soldier, and this young soldier was actually brand new to the military, he was brand new to this particular base, so he was still in, he was still in processing. Um, And so I decided I would go and visit him one day, right around 4.30 in the afternoon, because I knew he was gonna be getting released, and just to put a date on this, this was before cell phones. So this was back in like the mid to late 90s. Uh, most of you probably can't remember that. But what that meant is that I was gonna have to find this guy physically. I could not text him. I could not call him and say, hey, I'm over here. Um, I was gonna have to show up and then physically put eyes on him so that we could catch up, so we could see each other. and. These guys were all in their uh, their BDUs. So they all looked pretty similar. And there was probably 400 soldiers there. So I was thinking about all of this and trying to, to scan the crowd to, to figure out which of these soldiers might be the one that I was trying to find. And I became aware that someone was yelling. And then I realized they were yelling at me. And then I realized they were telling me to get off their grass. Um, And then I remembered that I had seen this sign, but I was kind of distracted and it was like, don't walk on the grass. And I had walked like straight across this lawn. um, And the drill sergeant was yelling at me to get off his grass. By this time, I was close enough that I could see that he was a sergeant. And so I felt kind of bad. And I said, yes, sergeant, I'm sorry. Now, in that moment, if he had told me to drop and start doing push-ups, what do you think I would have done? Sorry. No, right. <laughs> I was not going to do push-ups um, because I was not in the military. Um, and even though I was very respectful towards him, like I saw, I saw who he was. I recognized that I had broken the rule. Um, I addressed him respectfully as a sergeant. At the end of the day, he wasn't my sergeant. He wasn't my authority. And if he told me to do something I didn't want to do, I would not do it. And that's what I think a lot of people who consider themselves Christians haven't figured out. They see Jesus. They know he's there. They're very respectful towards him. They talk nicely about him. But at the end of the day, they're in charge. We're holding on to that control. And having Jesus at the center of your life starts with surrender. It's a very, it's a very hard thing, <laughs> so I don't want to make it light. It, to have dialed in discipleship is not easy. It's not an easy life that you're signing up for. You cannot hold on to your life. Paul says, I have been crucified. I no longer live. Christ is living through me. And that's at the heart of what it means to be a disciple. So here's some areas just to consider. How you spend your free time. What say does Jesus have in how you spend your free time or who you spend it around? Your career, your goals, what you're going to give your life to. Do, Do you run that by Jesus? Because he might have something to say about the plans that he has in mind for you. Who you date and who you marry. What would Jesus say? How you spend your money. How would Jesus spend his money through you? (laughs) If that makes sense. Paul says Christ is living in me. So Christ is living through you in all these ways that a lot of times we don't really think about. We think about we're offering Jesus certain actions, but we're the ones deciding what those actions will be. And we have to learn how to surrender and ask him to direct our lives. Okay. So we're going to wrap up by talking about how. Okay, this is, this is great that Jesus is alive and he wants us to follow him. But how do you know what he wants you to do? How do you know how he wants you to spend your time? If you would, turn with me to John chapter 13. And we're going to look at a, a small verse that most of you have probably either never read or never really paid attention to because it's just it's easy to read past it and not even think about it but in John 13 some of you guys are are fast if you look at the top of the chapter what's happening in John 13 what does it say Jesus washes his disciples' feet Jesus washes his disciples' feet so this is a very famous chapter where Jesus, the, the master, chooses to act as a servant, chooses to be a servant to his disciples. And it's also the last Supper. So this is, this is less than 24 hours before Jesus will have been crucified and buried. So all this is happening at the very end um, of his time with these disciples. And I want us to, to focus in on verse 13. So this is very easy to remember John 13:13. 13, 13. But this is a great memory verse, John 13, 13. It says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you were right, for that is what I am. Now, like I said, it's very easy just to kind of read past that. But if you understand that Jesus is talking to his 12 closest disciples, you get a really cool insight. Like what? What kind of relationship did these 12 followers have with Jesus? Well, we know what they called him, because Jesus told us, this is what you've been calling me. And what was it? Teacher and Lord. You guys, that is, if you can grab onto that and then actually live it, you'll be a disciple. A disciple is someone who is following Jesus as their teacher and as their Lord. We don't have to overcomplicate it. Those 12 disciples, that's what made them disciples. <laughs> they were following Jesus as their teacher and as their Lord. And I love that Jesus actually finishes that by saying, It's right that you call me this. That's what I am. So understand this Jesus is alive today, He wants you to be His disciple, and He is a teacher and he is the Lord. So he wants you to follow him in those two ways, that he would be your teacher and that he would be your Lord. What does that mean? It means that you have to learn to listen. If you're not learning how to listen to Jesus, if you're not setting aside time to, to read the scriptures, how are you going to know your commander's intent? How are you going to learn his message? how's he going to be your teacher if you never listen to what he has to say? So part of having Jesus at the center of your life is understanding who he is and then making time to listen because he's a teacher. But the second part of that is he is the Lord. And again, he said, you're right, that is what I am. And to follow Jesus as Lord means obedience. So We need to listen to Jesus so that we know our commander's intent. And then we need to get involved in what it is that he's wanting us to give our lives to. We need to submit and obey him on a daily basis. Okay, so we're going to end it there tonight. But over the next two weeks, we're going to talk about learning the message and building your life around it. And then discerning the mission and getting involved in it. Master, message, mission. But I want to leave you with some action steps. If you want to get started in centering your life on Jesus, here's a few things that you could do. First of all, if you haven't memorized Galatians 2.20, memorize Galatians 2.20 this week. You're part of a small group. You probably know some older believers here. Let them know. I want to learn that verse. I want to learn Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. That's the first thing that you can do. The second thing is you can begin to read from the Gospels every day. The Gospels are where we find the life and teachings of Jesus recorded for us. And he's our teacher, he's our master. So let's study his life. And you can start with the Gospel of John. If you're not reading somewhere right now, day in and day out, tomorrow or tonight, pick up the Bible and start to read the Gospel of John and start to study your teacher, and your Lord. And finally, the third thing you can do is to pray each day this week. Put a little alarm in your phone that it goes off each morning. Pray each day this week and ask Jesus to show you how to center your life on him. All right, I'm going to pray and then I'll turn it back over to Ryan and he can tell us what's coming next. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you that we can pray to you. It's not just saying words, um, but it's addressing you. Um, Our risen Savior, our living Lord, and our soon coming King. And we have confidence, Jesus, that not only that, that you're alive today, but you're alert, you hear these prayers. You're active in the world. You want to be active in our lives. So, Lord, I pray for each person tonight that we would take serious this invitation that you're giving to us as a living Lord to follow you, to make you the center of our lives, to submit to you, and to have our lives centered on you as our master. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.